Welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name is David Wheatley. We're here to talk leadership in small, bite-sized and practical chunks. Enjoy. Well, welcome to episode 74, which is another of our first Friday sessions featuring my colleague, John Barrett, who's going to be talking about uh, how do uh, do what's best for the organization. And he's got a, a series of tips that are going to be helpful for that. And you've got the opportunity to listen. If you haven't signed up for First Fridays yet, you can do that at humanity.com. And the first Friday of every month at noon Eastern, we have a work session around leadership. You can listen to this one, see what value there is. Go to humanity.com and sign up. In the meantime, here's John. Thank you to everybody for being here. It's great to spend this little bit of time with you. And uh, I'd like to share some things that uh, I've learned over the years with working with really thousands of people like yourselves. And um, as you can imagine, in my job, it's an amazing, enriching experience. And I always feel when I walk away that I learn as much or more than anybody from the, you know, the work that I get to do. So today, how do I do what's best for the organization is our, our focus. And um, I really, I think I'm gonna start by going in a slightly different direction. And I'm gonna share three stories or three pictures, if you like. Um, I love analogies, I love pictures. And uh, so that's where I'm gonna go. And so the first uh, picture I want to share with you is you're standing by the side of a pond, right? I think we've all done this at some point, and you know you throw a stone in. There's a splash, and then of course there is. If we're patient enough, you know we can see this emanation of ripples across space and time. And the reason I share that first story is. A big part of what's doing what's best for the organization is really making the invisible visible. And so what I mean by that is every time we do something, we are making a splash. And that splash sends ripples out through the organization across both space, right, across functions, across partners, across stakeholders. And it also sends that ripple out across time. Now, if you think about it, though, when we make splashes, we, might, we see the splash, but we quite often don't see the ripples. Certainly not immediately. Um, there's delays. And then quite often we, don't, we finally see the ripples of the ripples of the ripples, meaning you know, things don't come back to us and bite us or challenge us or you know, give us any sort of feedback for some extended period of time. And quite often it's indirect. And so the first thing that we often do when we're working in this space is really work with people to make those invisible connections that exist, those ripples that are happening all the time, making them visible. And that changes everything, right? It changes the why, it changes the what, and it changes the how. So ripples. The second um, story I want to share is the idea of the invisible fence, right? You know, you have a pet, right? And if I understand correctly, what happens is 
right? There's a there's a, a wire buried in the ground that you know has a bit of a there's a shock and there's a shock collar. Then you have, always have a you know a fence line etc around that's visible to the dog, and then there's an association there. And then after a while, so I've been told that you actually don't even have to have the in, the electric function even on or even the collar on because after a while you know the dog basically has learned hey don't do that don't go there etc so the moral of this story is this you were asked you know what stops you from doing what's best for the organization what stops you from staying a solo what stops you from maybe looking long term furthest than short term and invariably, at some point, you may have, you know, had an experience that you didn't enjoy and, you know, was it unpleasant or uncomfortable. And so the thing that we need to be careful of is, is that, you know, those previous experiences don't create these invisible fences, you know, forever. Um, you know, and you know, it's a natural phenomenon and it's obviously something as leaders that, you know, we need to recognize and really need to, you know, fight and work, work through. Third one uh, related is actually a video that I saw many years ago. Uh, how many people will recognize the name Stephen Covey and the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? I had the privilege and pleasure of uh, doing that work intensively for a couple of years. I got certified. I got to meet uh, Steve Covey uh, and, his, and his son as well. And the, they had developed a video series to demonstrate a number of the concepts. Um, you know, one of their key concepts is the idea of interdependence. And the video that really comes to my mind, it was a sort of like a mini documentary about the Berlin Wall. And so basically what happened was that the wall came down and then this uh, film crew went into East Berlin about 10 years afterwards and basically interviewed people about their, you know, their experience and really about how often they went over to West Berlin. And the strong takeaway was that even though the wall had been down for 10 years, it really still existed. So there are lots of things in your organization that might, you know, shrink your perspective, you know, how you're measured, the performance measures that you have might, you know, focus you to what you need to do or what your team needs to do. You know, there might be physical barriers, there's org charts, there's lots of things, right? There's lots of these quote unquote walls that exist. But the thing that I would ask you to think about is to what degree have you internalized those walls? Operating with them for so long, but what we find is, is that even if we take down the walls, sometimes people's thinking and behavior doesn't necessarily change right, that the walls have been internalized and, and they really are the limiting factor. So three bigger ideas, make the, the invisible visible. Don't let a historical event be like shape you for going forward and what's the right thing to do. And lastly, yes, there are sometimes external walls, but what we find quite often is it's the internal walls that make a difference.
this series, this initial series of First Friday, uh, if you've been a couple of times, you would have recognised that quite often the presenter talks to specific statements, if you like, about what, you know, good ideas or best practices that we should do. Uh, I don't know if you're aware or not, but that actually is taken from the book 50 Do's of Everyday Leadership. And the reason why I mention that is more so the story behind where these do's came from. We actually did a series of focus groups about 25 years ago and several thousand hours of experience, basically. These were very experienced People have been doing frontline leadership for, you know, their entire careers. We basically asked them, hey, you know, what pearls of wisdom, what guidance would you give to a leader? Um, and they shared with us tons of stuff. We distilled it down to 50 do's and don'ts. And a couple of things there that I would want to share. Number one is what was fascinating is even though they were really good at you know, defining, you know, absolutely, you should be doing this and don't do that. If their people or they assessed each other, then they weren't, even though they knew these things, they weren't necessarily great at doing them. <laughs> so I guess I, that's one thing I would offer is, you know, we generally know what's best for the organisation nine times out of ten. It's not what we know. It's really about what we do. So here's, here's the section of do's and don'ts around this question, how do I do what's best for the organization? I'm just gonna walk through them quickly and just give little tidbits along the way. Okay, so the first one is this idea of face up to issues and deal with them, right? So that's the do. And the don't is walk away and avoid, right? Now you might think, well, who does that? And that's part of the self-discovery that we find in is, is that, you know, we're making choices every day about, quote, unquote, the battles that we fight, that we don't fight, um, what we have bandwidth for, what we have the energy for, you know, et cetera. And the real challenge here is, okay, what's going on, you know, and, you know, what am I walking away from and we'll, um, you know, what am I not walking away from? And you really need to sort of think about, okay, there are certainly this, the idea of pick your battles and pick the timing of your battles is very true. But the challenge I would leave with you is, are you using the question of personal comfort as your guide or is it impact? Right. Um, and that really is the, is the, is the, the critical one you know as we know uh if we don't take care of issues then they generally take care of us in some way shape or form you know and so that's really that idea of again ripples one of the things that we quite often do with people is engage them in a discussion around their issues and so we have people quite often it's a team of people list their all their issues that they have small big and large and then we have them map those issues on this simple grid, right? As you can see, simple, easy, hard and complex, and then the time span. And while it's not perfect, you know, 90 plus percent of the time, these issues fall across that blue arrow that you see, right? Tracks on down. And so the danger here is, is that as we pick our 
battles as we pick the issues that we're going to tackle on behalf of the organization, we have to extend our window of thinking oftentimes, right? I don't know if, how many people have heard of the idea of second order issues, third order issues. Basically, it's the idea of, you know, what happens over time. You know, it's projecting, predicting, where is this thing going? And quite often we make the decision about what we deal with in the moment, right? It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But how many times does that then tip over a cliff and then it becomes the big deal? So getting urgent and getting into issues as early and often as, as possible, understanding which ones are gonna you know, blow up on us is you know, an important point. Okay, fight for doing the right thing. If you know about it, you're responsible, right? We don't control everything, absolutely. Uh, and we can influence. So one of the big things about what's best for the organization is, again, recognizing that we are connected to the greater. That's all those invisible connections. And that, you know, if something's happening, we may not be directly doing something. And if it's been happening around us, invariably, at some point in time, it's going to come back and impact us as well, as well as impacting the larger organization. So again, recognizing these connections. Um, it turns out that a lot of times when bad things happen, it's never a surprise to everybody. More often than not, you know, when people do the investigation, they find out it was, you know, underground, quite well known. And for whatever reason, you know, things weren't being talked about, things weren't being addressed. Put the organization and its people first. Right. There's a lot of reasons why our scope of thinking and care can shrink. We get really super busy and it's like just putting one foot in front of another. We only have so much bandwidth, lots of things that, you've, you know, that you know and, and, and that you live. I think the thing would be is that for some of us, you know, we have a moral imperative around this that have, it's always about the bigger picture. And... For a lot of us, we're probably a little bit more pragmatic. We're trying to fight the good fight as best as we possibly can. And I guess all I would offer again is, as we explore the ripple effect, doing what's best for the organization at the end of the day ends up being doing what's best for ourselves. <laughs> and so it's really making that visible for yourself provides you the why and the what and the how. Okay. Interesting one, this one, right? <laughs> so this obviously happens enough that, you know, it's worth talking about. But certainly there's a lot of things that come, can come to us that we are, have to execute and we're responsible for and we're not in alignment with or not 100% in alignment with. Our team's not happy about it. We're not happy about it. And how do you handle that, et cetera? And so... It's really a question about the greater good. And, you know, there's a bit of a dilemma there, right? Certainly the place to have the conversation or pushback, you know, is with your stakeholders, if you possibly can, and certainly not, you know, with your team. And, you know, things that people identify that happen when we do that, it actually undermines our credibility. It actually affects the execution that the team 
undergoes or puts the effort they put in. And ultimately, it proves the point, right? It was never going to work anyway. And that can be, you know, a dangerous sort of cycle to get into. Get the right people involved and on the same page. You know, as I looked at this, it made me smile. Um, <laughs> you know, so when I read it, I thought, you know, oh, that seems like a lot of work, <laughs> getting the, all the right people and getting them on the same page. Can't we just do that, do, do it? So, and again, what's the price tag of when we don't get the right people involved and on the same page? Um, and then, you know, there's always those wonderful times where we get the right people on the same page and then we experience that thing called synergy. And it's like, okay, this is actually better, easier, and, you know, uh, fundamentally more successful. So again, there's a little bit of short-term, long-term in there. Absolutely. And again, it's also, you know, making things visible to yourself, then it becomes very compelling as to who the right people are and why it's absolutely a must have to get them involved as early as possible. And then lastly, really, again, um, the thing that I would offer here is there is real things that organizations do that don't help with silos, right? There's organizational design. It's how we measure things. You know, if you're in a position where you can affect design and you can affect measurement, et cetera, then that's fantastic. You know, something to have a look at. Can you set it up so that, you know, people uh, are recognized, rewarded, and, um, you know, held accountable for, you know, what's best for the organization versus, you know, what's a neat, tidy, best for my group, my department, my team. Sometimes, you know, there's real opportunity there. And then at the end of the day, it's in our experience, oftentimes it's that mindset thing, you know, you know, yes, there was a fence there once. <laughs> yes, there was a wall there once. Yes, sometimes it's harder work. And again, Let's look at the longer term result. Let's look at the impact that we want. Let's look at what makes us satisfied, excited. And, you know, how can we um, make that an easier thing for people to do and for ourselves to do? So appreciate people um, wander, walking along with me. I think then in summary, um, just leave you with three big questions on this. Number one. You know, what's my care? Is it the greater good or is it self? Number two, what's my commitment? Is it to impact the ripples? Is it more to comfort and getting by each day? And lastly, you know, am I thinking about the people and, um, you know, what it takes to get them engaged? Or is it, you know, more about getting just the work done? And lastly, to finish up, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm going to paraphrase it, it's from the Dalai Lama. And, you know, he basically said, hey, it's better to be intelligently selfish than stupidly so. So that was John, John Barrett, talking about uh, how to do what's best for the organization. And there's some tips and, uh, and some ideas there, some of which you can find in our first book, The 50 Do's for Everyday Leadership. Much of our first five sessions of uh, the first Friday 
have been drawn from that. So if you're looking for more resources to support with the conversation that we're having first Friday of every month, check out the 50 Do's for Everyday Leadership available at Amazon or from Humanity. That was the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name's David Wheatley. For further information about Humanity, go to humanity.com or check out our latest book, What Great Teams Do Great, from all good bookstores. Have a good one. Stay healthy.